Hey guys, I am recording this from uh, Moving Ship. I'm staring out at the beautiful ocean right now in uh, the sort of Baja area. And uh, I have some amazing musicians rehearsing behind me. Tawny Newsom was kind enough to lend me her phone because I literally have not been able to record an intro or get on the internet the entire time I've been away. It's been an amazing time, but it's been a bit of a technical challenge. So she's going to let me text this via her internet service to Katie, who hopefully will attach this intro and we can get the Alice Wetterland episode up late today, Friday. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Alice rocks my world. Um, and uh, I don't have any shout outs ready because I'm, again, recording this on a friend's phone, the marvelous Tony Newsom. So uh, uh, hello to all of you who have been on the cruise. You know my pain, but you also know my pleasure. Uh, and I will talk to you next time on the podcast. Now entering Nerdist.com. I I face the boy. This is just already not interesting. I fa- I listen, guys. I face the window so I could see if someone like right. snuck in, and Alice wouldn't be able to see. So I was saying that like I if if the door opens and someone comes in, I will be the one who's surprised first, which kind of got us into mm-hmm. an immediate like you you just told me that you always assume there's a predator nearby. Right. You have to in this day and age in this day and age so also beforehand even more so in the past <laughs> <laughs> now more than ever with the exception of it's all times in the past time. all prior times yes much more dangerous it was worse before and now it's very uh-huh. bad as well <laughs> I assume but we have much more mm-hmm. access to it happening Boy, I really have a scrunchie on my wrist you do speaking of the old days but it's a did you, this is probably like a I gotta tell you something. I, uh, I, this is, this scrunchie probably is 10 years old and yeah. that's even, that is young for a scrunchie. It Let's is. face it. This is a fresh young scr- scrunchie, but because back in the day when I actually would go to get my hair cut, opposed to just cutting my own hair, mm-hmm. cause somewhere along the line, I realized I was a wonderful salonist. Not true, really? but I do cut my own hair. Um, but the girl who cut my hair, we, she, you know, you know, when you go to see someone who's a specialist and and you feel, and this is probably like someone's stand-up routine and it probably is also from the Mm, eighties. I'll tell you. But when you feel like their job, like their job involves your care for yourself. And so you disappoint them when you don't care for yourself. So like the dentist, but like, yeah, but like hair, (laughs) like even less. Yeah. Seemingly like they don't guilt you as much. Like the stand-up routine about the dentist is very well established where they're like, it's, it's so much shame. Yeah. It's just all shame. Yeah. So this is like more aesthetic shame. Yeah. By people who are hipper than you. Usually oh, your dentist hair, for isn't sure. more hip, You're right? like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so she Sorry, would be like, know. what are you like? Like she wanted to know what I was doing behind closed doors. And I said like, well, I don't know. My hair's getting <laughs> longer. Right. I had such short hair, like boy hair for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do to yeah. sort of It would be great if you're it. like, it's none of your business. And I said, why don't you fucking butt out? Yeah. Well. And get the chopped up. My private activity. And that's why so. I stopped going to get my haircut. She said, she said to be honest with you you should sleep with your hair in like a loose ponytail and i would use a scrunchie because hair bands like break your she hair said you should sleep with it in a loose ponytail loose ponytail kind of up the top of your head Why? just keep it from like getting too tangly and breaking yeah, and, and then stuff. you hear from the next person that you go to like oh that's the worst thing you, you couldn't so possibly like, okay, harm right. your hair more yeah, yeah i'm yeah. surprised it hasn't all fallen out yeah every yeah. single person yeah. will tell you a different thing which is why uh, it's not a science of the sciences here. I guess it isn't. I yeah. mean, I, I'm, there are probably people who would disagree with You're that. You're going to get emails. I mean, this, the angriest emails the I'll ang- have ever angry, gotten will be hair, hair related. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, do you go see someone? Do you have somebody that you, um, I have a therapist, but, uh, I don't. <laughs> Does she talk about your hair care? <laughs> no, I have. Listen, a, I'm very holistic. I we do, need to get really I actually really have a hair person and this, um, is going to sound so like, Oh God, like yuppie. I, I never did before. Like I've, I've been the, through the ring of roll of people being like, okay, you know, I've had a hair, I have this hair person. She's amazing. But I finally found somebody that 
I thought she's great. She, she works at a salon called Luca. Actually, I don't want to tell anybody cause I don't want anyone to take her, but whatever. Her name's Lindsay and she's uh-huh. great. <laughs> and she is a scientist of hair. Like she knows about, she under, she like understands hair on a molecular level and she's really creative. Like every time I go to her and she styles my hair, she is trying out a new thing mm-hmm. and she paints and she's just really creative. And she's like one of the most, I don't know, like I, her hair, it's like an art science crossover. Kind of, like I respect, yeah. you know what I mean? What she yeah. does and she's a find. And she also is not like interested in becoming like your, you know, what's that guy? Chaz. Uh-huh. She's not yeah. trying to be Chaz Dean, but she totally could. He has his own billboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah I, I mean, what you just described to me, and I could be totally wrong about this, is somebody who sounds like they could have done just about anything. Yes, mm-hmm. and they chose hair, and like then, you or and I. You, yeah, oh, that's right. Like you or I. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out I'm doing all of it myself. I didn't. I turned out to be all of those things. You did I do my own yeah, hair. Yeah. Therefore, you I left am the house stylist. In two months though, so we are have worried. Not. This what is, is it like out there? I know it rained a lot. I noticed that. It at did. Least Other that. things are going on. You got to get out of here. Well. It's feel, it's, I feel like I can, I mean, I'm pretty self-sufficient. There's a bird in your hair. Oh, so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, that's actually, that was the advice of the, the other salon person that I saw. Let a bird live Just in let it. a bird in there. Have you put bird poop on your hair yet? That's it a face gives mask. your hair such a sheen. They put bird poop on people's face in fancy uh, Japanese salons. Do they really? I shouldn't be surprised by that. Just I shouldn't be surprised by anything. In lieu of drinking it. Well, that's also something mm. I do. Uh, you know what I'm queen Not of showered. is knock the uh have the ice in your glass and decide you want a little piece of ice yeah. when you're at the restaurant and it yeah. has clumped up into and you, an iceberg you and it just shake all else plunks you in the head yeah the yeah i you mean i ultimate- definitely am that person <laughs> i almost said the ultimate sacrifice <laughs> <laughs> the dryness of your clothes uh, <laughs> not the ultimate sacrifice i know i like those steaks i, I really like those steaks <laughs> um uh how are you are I'm, you you're i'm good? well you're yeah. have, do you have, you, have, you have you been having a frenzied week a I little have. bit cuckoo you know like i'm the kind of person where you ask me how i'm doing and i'm like well buckle up yeah you know sit down I'm you'll wa- give the real answer the ultimate I'm sacrifice as it were it. like that's my newest answer how are you doing how um, I'm walking through it. Uh-huh. Like, whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just really, uh, I, 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 I'm getting to the point where I need an assistant, but I'm past the point. So it's like, I, it would be stressful to train an assistant at this mm-hmm. point because of the time I don't have to do that. So yeah. I have a girl who I'm going to start working with who knows me really well. And I'm like, just going to have her follow me around, I guess, cause uh-huh. I don't know what to do. And it's, because my my house is like disgusting mail piles and stuff like that and uh i mean yeah. i feel like there could be far more disgusting piles than mail yeah though. well i'm it's it's not like it's old sandwich piles it, yeah it's all mail stack. it's all porn though oh <laughs> that is disgusting porn subscription yeah yeah oh, mail, i don't know you start one and they find my you mail. you know oh, how old-fashioned <laughs> queen DVDs, magazines yeah great you know hustler jugs everything so sure. um my neighbors hate me uh-huh. no yeah so i i'm 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 a bit i'm a bit stressed but uh yeah i can't complain it's all good stuff so. i appreciate you taking time to do this i feel like my house might be freezing you have taken your jacket off and i i'm cold I'm just, i run yeah. cold <laughs> i run cold too i feel like no i feel like i run middle hot and appendages so cold and mm. that is very frustrating because i can't <laughs> My core will be fine, say in a hiking I environment. Love you say this. Yeah, but core, this, but the hands and the feet are core. like I might be dying. I'm the, yeah. my nose almost feels like I can't. I immediate like yeah. five minutes out in a, on a cold day, and I yeah. can't feel my nose. It's like it could have fallen off, and I wouldn't know. Hand appendages are vampire. That's right. And you're, and you're, That's right. And they're feeding off your core, but not That's efficiently right. enough. They don't care enough about yeah. getting warm themselves. Mm. Yeah, I, I meditate, and I. Uh, I routinely, my legs just go numb and I'm just like, oh, it's part of the practice. And it's all like, no, part it's of it. No, You're walking through it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, uh, do you, are you a person who is, you, like, do you consider yourself somebody who is frequently very busy or does this feel like, well, now I've gotten unusually busy for me. And so this feels like an unknown kind I, of like, I how think, do I fucking do this? I think it's like. I, I've just come to the realization that I'm like a hard worker and I didn't ever think of myself that way because prior to starting comedy, I did not, um, care about anything enough. So like now that I do a career that I actually love, like I am consistently like 
if I'm not working on it, I feel bad. And mm. when I'm working on it, I feel good. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and like, so I just do, but I didn't think about it that way until my friend was like, well, it seems like no matter what you're going through in your life, you always are working and you're always going to be like, and I was like, Oh, that's a compliment. And I didn't even, I just, and I'm saying this about myself now because I just realized it. I'm not bragging at all. Like I never, I think I just like doing things that I love. And then, but also I have not found a way to say no to things and, Case like point like, my podcast. It, Look at you. Well, no, but like I wanted to do this for a really long time, and so this is to me. And also, I'm de-stressing right now. Okay, I good. Mean, we're just decompressing. Yeah, we are. But like a show, for instance, or like a taping, or a thing, or a, you know, like there's just certain, there's certain things that you agree to do, like that you realize later on, you're like, I didn't need to squeeze this in. I know. But I don't know what I'd be doing if I wasn't. And and also like, I just know what it feels like to want people to, you know, this, the community of like you, you get to know and you get to really like people. And so when they have a project that they're passionate Mm -hmm. about and they need some help Mm -hmm. on it or they want you to come and do it or whatever, it it feels so good to say yes and, and no. And then there's that sliver of time. Yeah. And usually I feel great. Like I finished doing it. And most of the time I'm like, I'm I'm glad I did that. Mm -hmm. Or like that's, you know, I'm proud of that person. Uh, but there is sometimes that moment of dread, like two days before where you're like, Oh God, this is Mm -hmm. just another thing. That's going to make me not do something else right or on time. And I actually realize now that I'm talking about this, this is going to get really real. The, um, like the part of my life, like when I don't, when I'm not in a relationship, my, like the relationship serves the purpose of going like, Hey, hang out, right. slow down, take a breath. Yeah. And whoever is there, I don't remember any of them right now, to be honest, but like whoever's there is like, let's go to a movie and watch it. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm not in a relationship, it's like, well, why would I do that? That yeah. would be like t- two hours. Yeah. I could and be it's a way of like getting market, back like, to yeah, Somebody else is your timekeeper. So exactly. you don't, uh, other uh, things just kind of, and I have no idea. If- uh, and it's been so long since I've not been in a relationship. I'm, I have no idea how to do it on my own like, at all. So yeah. I'm just like, oh, there has to be a method. So I'm like working on it right now, but it's not, it's not quite there yet. I'm just uh, astonished every day. Like somebody will be like, what are you doing today? And I'm like, it's like, yeah. you can't even. So, uh, but it's okay. It's, it's like, you know, good problems to have for sure. I'm just like, uh, I can't wait till I get that assistant, you know? Your assistant's going to maybe take a place of the relationship and then you'll write yeah. a sitcom about it. Yeah. Where your so, assistant will be like, I'm not going to go with you to the movie. Yeah. But I really want you to go to a movie. Oh my God. I could totally imagine. This girl that I'm going to hire, she doesn't know I'm hiring her yet. Um, I <laughs> could totally imagine. Should we bring her in and yeah, surprise yeah, yeah. her? What's her name? Hi, Erica. Hi, Erica. Hello. Welcome like, in. We've got a big surprise for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's, uh, that's Good my voice. My surprise her voice. <laughs> really? That is now that Something. listen, if that voice came piping in from outside behind you, <laughs> oh, you would know boy. there was a predator on the well, I would be on I, my feet. I would be ready stance. You would be absolutely ready Completely to kick my ass. Ready to go. Do you know how to like do you have any sort of self defense skills that are like I believe I do. Oh but I, I don't think I, I <laughs> like I believe in the moment that it's hap- that it's real, but then like I actually don't like yeah. I'm sure when pressed. Yeah. You know, I do know that it's better to use the palm of your hand. Okay. That's good. That's a good point. Instead of a fist or a, or a fingernail scratch or a fingernail scratch. Yeah. Yeah, Going for and grabbing is not as effective as like using your body weight and you're going to want to, cause it's going to be a bigger guy. You're going to want to push up. Yeah. You know, and get him in the, in the jaw, you know, and then you can use your legs at the same time to, this is, this is all more than I know. Destabilize. Yeah. I assume I should throw some sort of a kick. Neutralize. Neutralize. You do want to neutralize. And does neutralizing mean that you cause them to implode or spontaneously combust? Like you... Sounds very scientific. I have a theory that that thing that people do in like uh, action movies where they like uh, twist somebody's head. Yeah. Like and break their neck is like way easier than we think. Like I have a theory that... (laughs) It is. That we just, if you just tried it on your friend, <laughs> you would be a, whoa. Like, <laughs> like I remember when Maybe I was younger, so. somebody told me that like there's two pressure points in the back of your neck that make you die or something like uh-huh. this is kid stuff, right? And this, yeah. of course I was like, oh my God. So my mom came up to uh-huh. me and put her hand on the back of my neck and was like, Hey kid, how's it? And, she's like, and I was like, what are you doing? My death spots. My death spots. Do you spots. not care about me at all? <laughs> You're touching my death spots. <laughs> 
Were you like, a kid who was susceptible to those kinds of anxieties? Like, did did you feel? I mean, I guess all kids are, but yeah. some kids are like the tellers. It feels like sometimes yeah. the, some kids are the tellers of that, and some kids maybe to avoid being the receivers. Yeah, and then other kids are the ones that are like, "What now?" I think I was more wide eyed. Yeah, where'd you grow up? Naive, Minnesota. Oh, mm, yeah, Minneapolis. Never been, but really? that much tenderness for a place I've never yeah. been. <laughs> it is one of the pl- it, it is one of the places oh. in the United States. I feel. I'm like testing myself right now to think, first of all, have I ever thought about this at length before? Zero times. But also, is there another example of that that I can think of anywhere else in the U.S. that I feel that mm. tenderness for? Okay. I have to say, it's 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 Minnesota and Wisconsin. Okay. I have that. I have like, oh. Yeah. And I think it is because of Lake Wombon, Brown mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and The Onion. Yes. And just people like the like Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy from Mystery Science Theater three thousand, yeah. like so many like mild mannered, hilarious, yeah, sweet hearts from up from up there. And I don't know if it's Very because there's something humor. like, and maybe I have some sort of like old Scandinavian roots or something I'm like sure where there's do. something that because that's where we'll they all settled. Yeah, I, this is like I, I don't know why. No, I do look like my family, but I don't think that most of my family you would look at and go like, "Are you Danish?" Right. Um. But but yeah, that's a that's a type of person that I really gravitate towards. So it doesn't surprise me at all now that I'm hearing that you're from Minnesota. That I we like draw you. we draw people in. Did you? <laughs> Did you have an awareness of how other people saw Minnesota when you were like a kid or a teenager? I ask because I, I have a vague awareness that at some point it became clear to me living in Tucson, Arizona, that everyone thought I rode a horse, which was not the case. Oh, you know, I don't think so because when I grew up, like I grew up in the city, like in the in the Minneapolis and like the metropolitan city part of it. So we didn't think of ourselves as kids as like anything but like hard city kids. Like we thought we were like New York. Yeah. Basically. And were you, you know, and no, I mean the, the city of Minneapolis is like, there are parts of it that are dangerous. There's parts of it. That's like South Minneapolis. Like there's crack. We can, you can get crack. I've bought crack in South Minneapolis before. And I can't wait to unpack that, you know? And (laughs) I, I will tell you that it's like, you know, it's like any other city that has that. And I grew up in that part of the city. So I never believed, like, I never saw myself as corn fed in that way. That yeah. A lot of people like from the suburbs, like we joke about each other, but especially when you're an adolescent, you don't think of yourself as part of anything. Yeah. Your, your own unique pain existent, you know, like existential crisis having, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, you're definitely not from where you're from. You don't belong. Right. right so right. why would you be thought right. of it that way? You know, did you, but you, but as a hardened city kid, did you feel like you felt at least grateful that you weren't out in the suburbs somewhere? Maybe? I sure did. Yeah. yeah because what were you, what did you, what, what, how did you express your angst when you were a teenager? Well, and also, like I say, like I was completely wide eyed too at the same time. Right. So I was like very naive. You can tell in how like difficult, like I thought I was so hard and then it's like, well, that's because I was so naive and stupid. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when I was like in eighth grade and I wanted to buy a, uh, a CD, like when I was on my very first CD buying with my stepdad and I wanted to buy like Alice in Chains and my mom, like for some reason we had to call my mom and see which CDs I was allowed to buy or something like that. (laughs) And, um, and she said like, no, you're not going to buy a CD by a band called Alice in (laughs) chains That's never thought simply never really, yeah never thought about not gonna happen those titles that is sort of adorable like, to go what? wait oh i could i can't hear that title without associating it immediately with the music so alice yeah. in chains is meaningless to me except yeah. for it's this band yeah but if you did hear it as <laughs> a mom like, you would why? be like i'm gonna take this right apart and say take a look at these words together Do, you know and she was like i want you to say it to me <laughs> and wonder why you think I would ever <laughs> let you do that. And I was like, oh, God, mom, you yeah. just don't so bad. And she was well, like, I like, don't listen, care what Then you really should have tried yeah. to lean into Nirvana because. Well, I a, leaned into Nirvana and I go. bought Pearl Jam's 10 and that set the go. course of my life. And what is Pearl Jam? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. This is going to be a long podcast. Uh, well, 10 is a seminal. Yeah. Seminal album. It's 
soon as Jeremy spoke in class. But I mean, like so, your mom, I would, if I were your mom, yeah. I would have been like, I don't know what Pearl Jam represents, but right. it sounds Less, dirty. Yeah. It sounds like it could mean something oh. else. Well, but she just didn't want Alice in Chains. She was Alice just like, that, she didn't want to see Alice tied like, up in chains. I will chains. draw a line at that. Yeah. Cause I just feel like it. Yeah. She's like, my mom would do these things that would infuriate me when I was young. And she'd be like, you know, cause I, uh, I don't feel like it. And I don't, I don't want you to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, why? It's so not just, you know, there's no justice, no peace, you know? And my mom would be like, yeah, it's kind of cause I'm the boss. So that's what it is. And now I really respect that. And I'm like, yep. I love that parenting that she's just like exerting her power just cause she could, but as a way of being like, you need to understand that like, I am the authority here mm-hmm. and don't feel like you can just, you know, do whatever you want. Um, and she was really strict with me, but I think it's because she had a Are you an only really, child? yeah. Yeah, me too. And so as an only child, do you feel like you were obsessed with justice? Like obsessed with things being fair? Yeah, I do think so. I, I cannot stress this enough to be parents of only children. Like try to integrate them with other kids and don't do the thing where you're like, explaining everything too much because when you do that and you're like well here's why that then happening. you're really that's always happening. looking for that reason yeah, and you're like okay and so everything is always control it in some way like you yeah. have to understand the control of the universe yeah. in that particular way and if you are if you have siblings there's this thing that or maybe a lot of cousins that you're close to when you're a kid you're like it's not fair it's not fair it's not fair and essentially the message you always end up getting is well yeah, it's maybe not fair and you could gripe about that and sit alone by yourself in the corner or you could get the fuck over it and play. And that's the only way that you get to is if you get over and you let go of what's fair and what's not fair and just go with the flow. And that's a really valuable lesson. Yeah. You know, when you're really young and I, it just didn't, my mom was like, like oldest of five kids. She was always made the caretaker. She Mm. always, so she was like, if you, if your toys are yours, you, you know, does that mean you need to share? And I was like, yes. And she was like, not really, actually. <laughs> They're your toys. And it was part of this grand lesson wow. that she was trying to impart with me. Like, my body is mine mm-hmm. and nobody else gets to touch my body. And so she was like, your property as a woman is going to be questioned your entire life. And you need to know that it's your property and you do not need to. And I was like, fucking six years old. So it's like, whatever, toys, fine, whatever, toys are mine. You know, <laughs> that's very progressive though, One right? Thing. That is, yeah. that is a pretty progressive form of parenting for I mean, maybe not now, like maybe moms who have a six year old now might mm-hmm. be saying stuff like that, but I would say probably well, in the general, the philosophy that was behind unique. it yeah. is progressive and maybe people, like, I feel like people don't understand how much the revolution of puberty for women, you change from being, uh, this kid, this free kid into like, you know, you're, you're running around being happy, you know, breaking things, getting in trouble. And then one day your body starts looking a certain way to certain people. And all of a sudden you're, you're no longer, you're no longer this like brain in a, in a body suit walking around, you know, doing stuff and, and, and experimenting. You're like this sort of, you're the goods, you know? And like you said that, like that shifts your perspective of, and of who you are in the world so much. And I think people don't really get that when they parent. I I mean, they forget about it when they're older, you know, and it's such a crazy like revolution of mind that needs to be kind of treated with like, you know, and I think my mom really tried really hard to prepare me for that Yeah. to say like, okay, so this is what's going to happen. You're going to go through this. Like sex is means this, so this is what it means. And this is what this kind of thing means. And this is when like somebody touches you and like you feel a way about it. Like she tried to get me really, you know, hmm. like my first sex talk was when I was like six years old, Wow. you know, and yeah. she wanted to like continuously have a dialogue going with me and feel. And the one thing I will say is that like, whatever, you know, she tried to do, the one message I got was that my mom was really strong. She's the strongest person in the world and she always had my back. So like there was no time wow. in my childhood, even though I had a lot of fucked up stuff happen to me. Like I never had felt like I didn't have like one safety net with her, you know? Wow. That's so, saying that says a lot. Yeah. That says a lot. Well, she was 22 when she had me too, which is oh, like, wow. so it's crazy that she there was go. able to there you go. do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's amazing. What, um, w- I mean, I listen. I just got to cut straight to the buying crack in Minneapolis. Chase. Oh, right. Let's get right into it. Well, Wh- I when did have you had that? an experience with drugs and alcohol my whole life, and alcoholism runs in my family. So, um, I did. I was pretty heavy. Like when I graduated college, I had 
like I said, like I had a really good mom. I had uh, my stepdad's amazing. And like when I, um, was a kid, I had a ton of, uh, opportunities to get really a great education and Minneapolis is an amazing city. There's so much art and culture and, um, and I was always busy and I was always full of, you know, I had so many activities, uh, and then academics were a huge thing. And so I had a lot of pressure to do really well in school and, um, and I loved school. I love learning. And like when I went to college, I got into this really good college and, uh, I started drinking around then, but I was always too busy <laughs> to kind of drink and use drugs the way that I wanted to. Like uh-huh. I never had free time ever when I was, until I was like 22 years old, I was busy all the time. Mm-hmm. I went to Spain on a, like a <laughs> foreign exchange. Um, and I, I really started drinking a lot there because you can, and right. like everybody does all the time. Um, And then like when I got out of college, it got really heavy. I started drinking really heavily and using a lot of different drugs. There was like, it was New York. There was a lot, you know, I want to be like New York in the early aughts, you know? Oh my God. You hear stories. Actually no one hears stories. No one's ever heard those. Uh, you know, I mean, I hung out with like musicians all the time and we just, you know, there was just, it was, was, I was in a party world Mm -hmm. and um, I do you find that Europe? So here, here's a question I want to ask about that because I think this is true of me: is that I'm really good. I'm. I don't know that I'm. And I'm I very well may be. I, I taking the word addict or addictive personality out of it. I would say that I. I feel like I crave some sort of structure, mm-hmm. and the problem is that some people, when you're like that. It, the structure is the structure, whether the structure is that you're high all the time mm-hmm. or the structure is that you're never high. Mm-hmm. If there's a consistency to it, that mm-hmm. is somehow what feels like I'm responsible. Yeah. Like, yeah. listen, this is my lifestyle. I do this, 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 and this, yeah, and I'm very good... consistent about it. And sometimes for me, that was, you know, stuff that was not advancing me emotionally right. Or, right. or intellectually. And sometimes it was stuff that was maybe to a point where I was too hard on myself. Right. But like, you know, sort of finding that in between where... Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that hit? Does that and it also anyway? makes me go, well, maybe the thirst for structure and the, like the desire to have, um, some kind of authority or whatever is, is when you medicate yourself against mm-hmm. that, it's like, oh, because your brain stops, it's spinning, yeah. you know? And so whenever I, like when I graduated, um, from college, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And that was really scary. So like, oh, I had all these like dreams that I was going to pursue and I was going to maybe get a Fulbright scholarship and then I wasn't going to do that. And then I was going to maybe be a fashion designer and then I was going to maybe, you know, make a documentary film. And like none of these things were working because I didn't have any structure. I didn't have any like real ability to work on my own. And I didn't, I didn't feel any passion. Like I felt passion about like getting to the part when it was done, but I never felt like I wanted to work on any of the things. And that was really scary. So, uh, to stop my brain from spinning and, um, I, I just started doing drugs like all the time and it was great because I was just like okay I can just relax and if things didn't go my way you drink if things did go your way you You drink drink. and it's just like oh yeah because this is like you feel all of a sudden when you drink that release of pressure and you're just like, Oh, cause it doesn't matter. None yeah. of it matters. I'm God, just going to party I, and it's going to be great. I don't have that relationship to alcohol. At yeah. All. It's not well, like mine is, it's a, like yeah. it's a depressant. And for me, yeah. it is instantly a depressant. Yeah. Like I just have that much, like whatever is going on with my body, I'll yeah. have like an hour of like, this feels pretty good. And then I will go to like the depths, yeah. like, but it's also allowing me to see that life is bullshit and it sucks for everybody, right. not just me. Like it will go to depression so fast see, that I can't get the high. So in that way, I'm lucky because alcoholism does run in my family too. That's great. In that way, I'm sort of glad that like it that's skipped really me ahead to like the regret quickly. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, you know, other things don't give me that, sure. you know, in a way I mean, that's not real or what We as you. humans all have that equality of like needing to check out. And I, I think for me, like, and I hear this from a lot of other alcoholics that like the, the thing is that when you, when you're not 
actively using or drinking, you kind of have an awareness of like a moral code mm-hmm. of like, well, I should be working hard on something because otherwise I'm not giving back. And I want to be a part of something because that's mm-hmm. good to be a part of a community. So what decisions am I making that are creating that? And what decisions am I making that are not creating that? And when you drink, it's like, oh, who gives a fuck? You know, immediately that turns off that like moral compass that's constantly guiding you and making you feel like you're not doing the right things and making you feel like everything you're doing is, you know, trash or whatever. And then you just like drink and it's like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want because I want to, and that's what I want. And it's going to be about me getting what I need, which is what you secretly want anyway as an alcoholic. But in your waking life, you have anxiety of shame and it's there to kind of like temper that. But when you're using it, it's like, yeah, go for it. And that's, (laughs) you know, and then you have these crazy stories where you get into trouble, where you buy crack in Minneapolis, which I moved home for a little bit to save money. And I was just hanging out with some people and we were looking for cocaine and like we, no one had cocaine. And then somebody had crack, the 50 millionth person had crack and they were like, okay. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then like you smoke crack and immediately, I don't know. I I feel like it's bad to talk about this because I don't want anyone to ever try a drug that is so addictive notoriously, but it's crazy. You, you try it and it's, everything's okay. Like it's, I've never had anything work that quickly. Right, right, right. It's like getting a hit in the face. It's like everything changes immediately. You inhale and you're like, Oh, there's literally never been a single problem on earth. It's that connection to disconnection. Yeah. And well, there's a reason. I mean, even takes your brain, a person who's listening to this, who, you know, if you don't know by now that it's not worth it, I, I, you're not going to be in a place where this makes any difference <laughs> right, at all. True. Like I totally get that that's because there true. was a point at which I would not, he- I wouldn't have heard anything. I was so, you know, that's I was true. like, I have my special LSD and no yeah. one can tell me it's bad for me. And maybe it wasn't and maybe it wasn't, but nothing anyone else said was right. going to, was going to penetrate that armor, you know, cause yeah. that's what I was into. Um, but I mean, there's a very specific reason that that is the drug that mm. the, that the poor want Mm -hmm. and have access to because it's this, it's the only, you know, if it's the only means Mm. of escaping, right. Because they don't have, you know, they, right. whoever, you know, somebody's like, well, can't they just go for a walk or something? He's like, we're not, we're past that. Right. We're past like, like go for a job. No, we're past that. And if your parents grew up in trauma and your grandparents grew up in trauma and your entire life has been nothing but trauma. You're, and you a know, sense of hopelessness. Yeah. And there's no infrastructure in your life at all because, you know, whatever city you live in, they just refuse. So, you know, there is, there has to be a fuck it button that you press because there's, there's one way of like making it through life without just killing yourself. And, and this is the thing that people don't, people don't understand. But, you know, what I've learned in like getting sober is that like, oh, it, it, it affects there is that impulse in, in so many of us to get to that place where we're just like, fuck it. We check out. And, uh, and that's what the disease is. But I do think it's like, uh, since it's a hereditary disease, it affects communities like, you know, in a different way. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, there's a lot of outreach to, to, to like prisons and stuff like that and prison populations. And the way we, Oh my God, the way we as a society treat like disease, like uh, the disease of alcoholism and drug addiction is so backwards and it's so not helping anyone at all. And, and, uh, and I think deliberately so, you know, because people make money off prisons, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I, you know, I'm grateful for my experiences because I didn't die and now I can be not, uh, and now you start like living your life and learning how to, it's crazy because like I started drinking probably when I was 17, which is late for a normal, like alcoholic, but, um, but I feel like I'm 17 most of the time. I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, did you feel like you had some arrested development? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I definitely have arrested development. I mean, it shows up in so many areas of my life and I I didn't start doing standup until I was 20, like 27. So, you know, I, I took a long time to get anywhere near like real maturity. Mm. So that's what it is. But well, you know, but, really it's like, it. but, and, but it's also, it's funny because like that's around the age I was when I started doing this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, not, I mean, yeah. I did it in, in high school. Like I did it, like I majored in theater in college or whatever, mm-hmm. but 
uh, I was so pragmatic about it. I was like, no, this is not, I'm, this is a lark. This is something uh, I'm going to do. Cause I don't know what the fuck else to major in, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, here I go off really? to Hollywood. And so I was around that age when I stopped doing. And so, but my was like the, it was like almost the opposite. It was like, I was trying so hard to do grown up jobs mm. that finally realizing that this can be a grown up job mm-hmm. as batshit as some of it is and as silly and privileged as some of it is. Cause it is like yeah. wait, laughing, like making people laugh. really, yeah. But that I was, I was doing the opposite. I was rebelling against that, a similar dream with like very adult choices. Like I'm going to work for as an inventory manager for blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm going to, and so it's funny when, you know, I feel like I took a lot, you know, I took a quote unquote long time Mm -hmm. to get to that point too. And yet it was a completely different road. Well, cause you're never ready until you're ready to do a thing. And you know, as much as I want to have regrets about not doing UCB when I first got to New York, uh, there's doesn't, is not, there's no other path for me. And you don't know, you don't know what would have happened. Like you could have had a horrible experience there at random. The thing is like, if the best thing possible happened, which is like that I got cast on SNL at like 20 years old, I would be dead. Oh my God. That's how I feel too. I just would, I would be never knowing my history, obviously, with never, what I did. Yeah. I was not old to enough to regulate myself in that way. So I don't think I would have survived that experience. I completely relate. I completely relate. Yeah. What did you, you say you love school. What did you, before the age of 17, what was the stuff that was keeping you so busy and the wheels turning? What different activities were you doing and what were you passionate about or do or doing, even if you didn't feel passion, I guess. Yeah. I, I had a, I was really into sports till my sophomore year. I was on a, um, like when I was in seventh grade, I did theater until, uh, probably my freshman year of high school. Um, I was really into theater since like from like fifth and sixth grade. I really wanted to act and I really wanted to entertain in some way. But, um, when I got to high school, I specifically enrolled in this, in this one public high school that had a really good theater track. Like, uh, Josh Hartnett went to my school. Rachel Lee Cook also went to my school. Um, a lot of people that are really into theater. Mm-hmm. There's a huge, like, live theater culture in, in Minneapolis. Um, I got to high school and it was already clear that, like, these people have been professionally pursuing this for many years oh, before this. And I was not a part of that community yeah. and I was not accepted into that it at all. That is so bananas. To yeah. me. I mean, in Minneapolis, yeah. you think, Oh, it's a public high school. It's not like a conservatory, yeah. but I tried out for, and I just tried out sad. for like seven just plays. Me so sad to think yeah. that, you know, as a barely teenager, yeah. you would have missed the boat on something artistic feels crazy. It was, I would say, I maybe fell through the cracks, but I don't know that it was like that for every person, you know, knowing me, um, I have a lot of pride and ego involved in it. So that was, I'm sure that I shot myself in the foot in some way. Um, and I wasn't ready for any kind of rejection. So that maybe was what set me on a different path. Um, and on the same time when I was in seventh grade, I showed a lot of promise at softball. So I started playing for a high school team in seventh and eighth grade. And then, um, I kept doing that into, into sophomore year, but that was at the same time that I was leaving to go to an arts high school that, um, was like a sort of a magnet school in golden Valley, Minnesota. And I, I was pursuing like visual arts at that point. And so I got in, you know, and, uh, I had a good time. There was a lot of, um, really, really, really cool people that I met there and I pursued like painting, mostly painting and printmaking. And then, (laughs) and then I went to, which printmaking is such a like Minneapolis. It feels like printmaking is the most like high schooly, art person like art if you have like a like a tv show about like a kid in high school it's like, it's like yeah it's like silk screen you know uh it's super yeah so then i got into cooper union which is a pretty prestigious art school it had yeah. a really low acceptance rate at the time when i got in i was like really really stoked um but the crazy thing is like you it's people are like wow cooper union but it's funny because it's not harvard you can't test for like people's aptitude at like being artists at 18. So you get there and you're like, I'm uh, the cream of the crop. And then somebody's like, Hey, what's up? You want to hear some rag guy? And you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It runs the gamut. I mean, there are some brilliant artists that came out of Cooper people that were just miraculously ready at 18, 19 years old to figure out that 
what their path was. I mean, I was astonished. There's so much good art coming out of like my high school class. Um, but I was not one of those people. I just didn't ever settle on anything. I just did everything when it was available to me. And I just like worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and like, just never really, nothing I did ever really made any, like I had my senior year thesis project and that was, that made a dent. Like people were like, okay, this is good. (laughs) But what was it? I did a like kind of a performance art class when I was in Spain, and um, I would do this thing where I would. There's so many statues in Europe of like men, and they're everywhere you go. And so I would climb them, and then I would like kiss them on the mouth, like the filthy statue mouth <laughs> of these. And then I would like have somebody document that. So yeah. I had like the photographs of like a girl randomly like climbing these and having these. Um, it was. I guess I, people thought it was interesting because it's the, it played with scale. Mm-hmm. Cause like they sometimes they'd have these really small heads and sometimes they're big heads. And yeah. there were these monuments that you were kind of, uh, playing with and mm-hmm. bringing down, um, uh, making personal in this way. But I, um, that was it. And then I graduated and then I didn't really know what I was going to do for so long. The career services department at my college at that point was non-existent. There was a binder of jobs. I swear to God, I've told this story before. There was a job binder. It was right next to the restaurant menu binder. And it was, it was empty all the time. And one time I, I opened it and there was one job advertised in it. And the job was for Dean of the art school. Oh, that feels like that was the job prank. that was available. It oh, was, no. it was so insane. How scary. It was so insane. I was like, what are you going to divide it among unpaid interns? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, that was, that was what I, cause I rejected theater. I was like, no, theater's not for me. It's not serious. It's not for serious artists hmm. because it had rejected me. Mm-hmm. So I had Understood. to judge it and make it not a non thing. And when people said, oh, you should maybe try comedy. I was like, well, that's dumb and lame like i'm an artist you don't understand like how incredibly important i am and like my voice is very you know uh-huh. i never thought about stand-up i never thought about you know um doing improv until i was like 27 and i was super 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 depressed and i just didn't know what the fuck i was gonna do and somebody told me they wanted to take a improv class just for fun a friend of mine and I said, okay, like we'll do it. And then he never registered. And I finally just went for it. And I was like, huh, this is actually kind of, kind of good. It felt good. It just felt good to yeah. be, to be expressing myself in that way. And, um, I felt funny and, and I'd always liked feeling funny. And then I took Curtis Gwynn's 201 class and that's where it just hit. It was like, he was at a good point in his teaching and he just communicated to me like why this is important, you know? Cause that's what I needed. I needed mm-hmm. to hear comedy could be something to be given permission in a sense. Yeah. To be outside, exactly. Yeah. To, to be told that this isn't about, you know, this isn't about like, you know, comedy clubs and like these, the being goofy and like putting on a costume and, um, it's not a popularity contest. Like this is about shifting a perspective and, and embodying something and, and, uh, and changing the course of, the day for people changing the course of, you know, like he, he, he talked about comedy in a way where it was, it was theoretical and it was like intellectual yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was these like, it, it was these like lofty perspectives of, of, of something I'd never ever thought of as being at all important. And mm-hmm. I started remembering my youth and like growing up and watching Roseanne and like, you know, the, the stuff that I would like SCTV when I was little, my dad was obsessed with it. So I like was like, Oh my God, it's true. It's like, this is such a huge part of my life. And I never ever thought about it. And suddenly Every, it's just my whole world opened up. Yeah. Everything changed in yeah. that class for me. Did so. you, you, uh, did you have relationships as a, as a teenager? Did you get involved? Cause I know your mom was so upfront about yeah. it. I could see that uh, changing zero about what was going to happen for you, but I could, al- I, I, I could also imagine feeling like the, the f- sort of freedom to explore that earlier or mm-hmm. almost going against that and being like, I don't want to talk about about this thing. And I don't even know if I want to think about having sex now that we've had this mm-hmm. conversation when I'm six. Do you feel like that had any impact on, on relationships? Did you have any when you were in high school? I had so many. Yeah. I had, I was a lesbian for an entire year right. because I was in love with this one girl and she was, I still believe that she was closeted. And so I think I was like, it was like a challenge or something, but I really had feelings for her. Mm-hmm. And then I like 
wanted so I became incredibly butch for an entire year. I mean, there's pictures of me where it's like, wait, <laughs> like so crazy. Oh. And I was into it. And that was yeah, my life. Yeah. That was my, that was my social circle, yep. which was amazing actually. And some of the best years of my life because, um, lesbians are great, especially when they're in high school. And we had, there was, it was a very liberal, it's a liberal town, a very LGBT, uh, Q like uh, centric city and there is a very active gay community. And like, I grew up with, you know, um, a lot of like, my mom was friends with a lot of gay men, trans men, trans women too. Mm-hmm. One of my babysitters was a trans woman named auntie Betty, uh, who was like seven feet tall. And my dad would be like, what is happening? Um, <laughs> so I just had like this, like a, a great experience. There was two, all lesbian sports teams at my high school. So it was like, it was great. It was that's like the awesome. best I mean, that's social awesome. group to be in. Sure. Um, but then before that I was dating, like I, I had boyfriends when I was in eighth grade and, and beyond. And I was pretty sexually active, um, all throughout high school. Um, I, I didn't actually like have intercourse sex until I was 17. Uh, and th- at that point I did just have sex just to have sex and mm-hmm. I wanted to get rid of it. I mm-hmm. didn't want to be a virgin when I went to college mm-hmm. kind of thing, like mm-hmm. a guy. So I did kind of have like a, you know, a different experience of, it was more like I was more predatory probably towards men than most women were young women. But, um, yeah, I always had a boyfriend. I've pretty much always had a boyfriend since I was 17. Yeah. Always. Like I've never been single really. So there, now. so there would be like a bit no, I'm really going to pry because you, I, and you can just tell me to fuck off, but does that mean that you would have overlap or does that mean you would be single for a very brief period of time at which you would meet someone? Very brief and period. That, yeah. I might've had one overlap at one point, I think. Yeah. But otherwise yeah. it was brief. It which was like I, two know, months. I, I cast no judgment on because yeah. for some people that's how you get out of something. And yeah. I've certainly been in that position where I hate ending yes. things and I hate hurting people and I hate being hurt and all of that. And that fear, yeah. kind of propels you to a place where like you have to have an impetus and as a young person you can't think of anything other than i'm into someone else now yeah 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 like i gotta get out of this for no other reason than now i'm really lying or that you know if i look back on like my first boyfriend and and everything it was always i always felt powerless against my um my desire for for love from from men I always felt extremely thrown into the like the roller coaster. I live very strongly in my emotions all the time, and it like finally when I started acting, it was like, oh, this is useful in one arena. <laughs> right. It was always a burden in every part of my life, and finally, it's like something I can use. Uh, but before I, you know, I just like guys would dump me. I'd be devastated, or I'd have to dump somebody, and I'd be devastated and literally like just so just inconsolable Mm -hmm. to the point where my mom was like what who are you like why is this happening it's just a guy who cares you're 18 you're 19 you know you have such a long life to lead she was always really confused about that and and i think it was like hard for her because she was like why i've not i haven't raised this person you know and i don't think she did i think it was a lot to do with other stuff that happened to me and my dad and also alcoholism you know burgeoning alcoholism so So it, you know, I will say like people told me I've had this message before, like maybe take some time alone, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've said it before, like I've been saying it my whole life, like I really just need to be alone. And then getting sober was the first time where it was finally removed. The option to move on Mm -hmm. from relationship to relationship Mm -hmm. and bounce was finally just removed for me. Like I couldn't do it anymore. It wasn't interesting. Yeah. And that's like a, like it's just then that's just not the way I felt before so mm-hmm. it's boring <laughs> it's super no, boring I mean, it's boring so I keep myself insanely busy yeah yeah and it, so it's like it's like both stressful and boring and I'm not getting that validation from anybody so it can be like a crisis of confidence um but it there's no better you know there's the, I was telling somebody the other day like I can't deal with like I can't deal with this shit yesterday. I can't deal with it last year. There's no way I can like deal with it before because it's now and this is what's happening now. And so that I have to face it now. There's yeah. just no other option for me. It's like, this is just it. So, but that's, that's huge. I mean, yeah. that's huge because yeah. that is the, that's speaking of patterns. Like that's one that I think people 
get pulled into is the pattern of regret mm-hmm. and and that's like a comfortable place to live like yeah. oh well you can always just instead of moving <laughs> forward you can always just wish you'd done it before yeah and then hate yourself for not having yeah. done so and just continue you'll just you'll stay in that forever oh, yeah. because yeah. the moment now when you're regretting something else yeah a year from now you're going to regret that you weren't doing something because you were regretting a year before that so yeah. good luck you know i mean that's something that we all have the capacity to do so mm-hmm. that ability to sort of just shut that voice off and say like I don't, you're, you're useless to me. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, Brain, thanks, no I know thanks. you're trying to somehow take care of this and like yeah. repair something in the past. Yeah. That's not how our conception of time works. So you're going to have to like shut up so I can yeah. move forward, you know? Which is meditation. That's the Which way. is meditation. The Absolutely. To deal with it. Absolutely. Okay. Listen, I, I got to get into this Are we mash doing mash? game. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do this mash game. God, I love um, mash I think so that, much. I, I think that I want to embrace the irony of the mash game, uh, the, the necessary category of your alternate universe, uh, husband slash wife slash uh, crush crush slash just somebody you would want to sleep with um it could be a character from a movie or book too it doesn't have to be like this famous this one famous person it could be like someone they played okay or something like that three so okay the guy okay um mark ruffalo great the character uh perfect (laughs) like i really want to tell a story okay so please my friend and i both are like i have a bet i have a best friend i know i'm 35 i have a best friend and she and i have no overlap with guys at all like never handy have. and it is but it's also like confusing because we're like wait no, and i'll be like this is my new boyfriend and she, she she's like oh mm, you know she's like what i don't see it I it don't always see it. and she likes these certain guys and i'm like he smells like a you know it just never happens and a part of it is like you just wouldn't be interested in your friend's boyfriend but like the crushes even so one day we were working together at this store and we like absolutely we were like i can't believe this we just went over so we spent eight hours the entire work day listing you know, guy after guy, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. She's like, yeah, I love Leo. And I'm like, I'm not into it. Matt Damon. That's more me. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, like what about, uh, you know, ASAP Rocky. I'm like, Oh my God. She's like, he didn't do it. And finally at the end of the day, we're tired. And I'm like, uh, Mark Ruffalo. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And then I was like, <gasps> dun, dun, dun. you found it's your our common ground. Venn, Venn diagram is a, such a sliver of a wonderful man. Overlap. Yeah. It's fucking just Mark Ruffalo. That's so amazing. He always is first. <laughs> That's fantastic. The first on the list. And then, fantastic. okay, the beast in Beauty and the Beast after he changes mm-hmm. into the sexy guy. Mm-hmm. In the uh, cartoon version? In the cartoon version. Okay. We haven't seen. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think there was like a, yeah. might have been a TV show where. Because it's Someone like he's the hottest guy. Yeah. But he's humble because he's been straight up living as a beast for so long. So That's he right. didn't even know. He's like one of those hot guys. You. That beast is not bad looking either. Okay. Thank you. you know? Hello. He's I need to get tore, When I want to get tore up, yeah. I go to the beast. <laughs> I go right to the beast. She got to be a little bit disappointed sometimes when she's like, be beastie. I know. Um, like I afterwards, know. she's like, you're so gentle now. <laughs> and then, oh, Peter um, Quinn from Homeland. Okay. That character. Oh, boy. He needs some love. I can't this wait. Season. Oh, my God. She's like, I don't really want to hang out with you. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? Oh, my God. Yeah. He's a trained war fighter. <laughs> Who wrote that dialogue? That's not real. Okay. All right. Those are my three. A trained war fighter. Okay. Uh, next one is you can... Um, uh, you can either sort of transport yourself to a concert or you can sort of be somehow in a room where it's almost like your own private music video of three bands, living or dead, singer, songwriter, doesn't matter. Shit. Okay. Um, but they sort of belong to you in this like gross, I, wonderful way that we all sort of wished when we were in high school. Like, why doesn't this band only love me and me alone? Okay. I know what that is. The Breeders. Oh, my great. favorite band. Great. 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 Ever. Um, I've been listening. I mostly listen to rap music right now. So mm-hmm. I want to be like Migos, but they just said some weird stuff about it. Okay. Um, I'll just put uh, Ray Shrimmerd. <laughs> Which is never. Spell? It's uh, R A E. Wait. R A E. Super dyslexic. S R E M M U R D. Does that look right? Uh, no, that's not right, but whatever. Uh, okay well you'll get you'll get emails you'll get emails it's 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 my fault for not even knowing no no it's not okay all right and i listen to them every day and i still don't know okay and then the other one who uh 
a, vi- a music video. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, you it's embarrassing. Just... I mean, like no, no. Beyonce, I would never be That's involved great. in a Beyonce production because I'm, but this is like I'm not just white. I'm like extra white. She did have white girls on her, like in her Grammy performance. And I'm like, how do you get, and it would just never be me. I have yeah. no rhythm. I'm a horrible dancer. <laughs> I've been trying for a long time, but I'm bad. Yeah. I but don't, she is absolute the monarchy. I think I specifically I avoid dancing because I want to believe I'm good and I'm sure I'm not, but I, oh, yeah. but I do get excited when I'm doing it. And mm. that to me feels like it translates to yeah. being good, which, you know, I guess for all intents and purposes, it does. So yeah, I guess so. I'm a great dancer. <laughs> um, I also like joke, joke dancing a, a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay. Uh, and then let's do, uh, three, Let's do three sort of alternate universe careers where where they're, they're, it's only the good side of whatever it is. Oh, really? Okay. So country western singer. Great. Just, you know. Um, I, want to, I want to do something where I work with animals, like rescuing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to be like a, a – oh, I want to like be a shark researcher or the mm-hmm, person mm-hmm. that's like – um, like photographing them and then doing like stipple paintings or whatever. Um, it's <laughs> great. And I would say a teacher. Great. Okay. Uh, now let's do three, this is vacation home. So of course you'll have a mansion apartment shack or house, but this is vacation home, but it's a vacation home inside of a movie. Oh. So it's like, okay, you're not reliving the plot, but you're in that world. So it could be Middle Earth, could be Harry Potter, could also be Goodfellas. Okay. I'm glad you brought up Middle Earth because I feel like they're all going to be... Okay. So I want to live in Rivendell. Great. Yeah. For sure. Um, I guess... Shit. I mean, now I'm like, okay, maybe... Is there like a cool undersea movie? Or something mm. like that. Is there yeah. a movie about? Oh, that um, alien world from the abyss. I was just gonna say Perfect. that. Yeah, oh, so good. Everything's all like calming neon pink and blue somehow. Yeah. yeah, and I gotta get my. Which, by the way, yeah. is not so dissimilar. It doesn't look that dissimilar from where Daryl Hannah is taking Tom Hanks and Splash. Like all of a sudden, at the very <laughs> end of the credits, you're like, "What? Yes, <laughs> the very minute. This is like yeah, a yeah. metropolitan <laughs> city like, underwater. I want to watch that movie. Yeah, like don't. What are you fucking? What Why are we not? Yeah. Watching that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, okay. So, uh, uh, like somewhere in the space. So mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. maybe, um, maybe on one of the like Star Trek, um, sure. space stations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You say deep space nine, deep space nine, deep space nine. I love it. Deep space. Is that the name of it? God, I'm so sorry. I'm. Deep, I feel bad that I don't Star know Trek the name. Deep Space Nine. Of yeah, the that's Starbase. definitely. Oh, I just it's know that that's di- the name of the. It's that the name show. of the whatever. All right, some people yell at me later. People know. These people listen. These, these people, people love these listen, mash games. They'll eat it up. No, whatever we do, they'll just it. You made a Star right Trek up. reference. I think that's that is uh, very attractive <laughs> to many of us. Uh, okay, next category. Let's do. Um, let's do like a. It doesn't have to be a superpower in the conventional sense, although it certainly could be. But it could also be. So it could be like anything in the sort of X Men world where everyone has like the craziest, like just the one thing they can do. But it could also just be like a skill. Like I can play guitar perfectly, or I can speak all languages, or something like that. Um, for some reason, I've always wanted to be really good at figure skating. Great, boy, I get that. It's not it's one of something those I could. That looks like it has to be magic. Somehow. Yeah, I'm really embarrassed because, like, well, it, I'm super into superhero movies too. So me too. Like, I would love to be a vampire slayer. Great, that'd be great. And then, but like, I used one on figure skating, so that's maybe there's a way for me to. All right, so then, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I went snowboarding a couple weeks ago and I was like, so I thought I was going to be so much better at it than I was. It's just such a, Oh, what if I was just like, I want to be the first female baseball MLB baseball player. Great. So like just imbue me with the qualities I would need to do that. Like pitching or something. Great. Um, let's do, I'm really into like imaginary world right now, but I, already, I know whatever my life is going to be, it's already, this is golden. You've got some really golden stuff here. Um, let's do, uh, Okay, well, I'm going to do this one first because I always got to work this in. Three things that in this reality are bad for you on some level. You could go with the euphoria you have felt that you can't have again from drugs. I'll understand that. But uh, for me, it usually is like a food that I either can't 
have too much of because I'm allergic or it'll make me obese or I'll have a heart attack. Or it's like, it could be something that I just, you can't just have when you want it. Like, Oh, that thing in New York that I just always crave and I can't go there and eat it like that. But at the snap of my fingers in this world, there it is. Hmm. It's a lot of options. Like a thing that's bad for you that you want. And a, yeah. yeah, that's sort of the, the idea is like this kind of gross, uh, permission to overeat. <laughs> Yeah, it's just going to be food. Yeah. Because, I mean, I actually didn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get high again. Like, I wouldn't want that. I would want the thing that if I, like, I'd love to be able to eat Reese's Pieces oh, and never get sick. This from, is, but because this I is what this have, is for. I have. This is what And this I have for. done it recently. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I, like, I, I, I I've gotten you. sick from eating too many Reese's Pieces recently i hear you i'm like that i used to be like more I'm like fiendish. that with candy and now because i had to cut all, so much sugar out of my diet mm-hmm. i now have such a strong reaction yeah. to sugar that i feel sick almost immediately so i found a way around that by mm. eating like a giant bag of trail mix oh, where yeah. it's just metabolizing slightly slower even though all the raisins are still going around but just a just a bet like oh yeah. this is oh this is like a pound <laughs> that is now a pound of meat like it's inside, inside me i've gained a pound, pound in food alone oh just now yeah, been there and nuts are like really filling too yeah. so there is this sort of drunk woozy like yep. why did i so i get it I'm reese's i'm right Delicious. there guess what as many as you want no problem oh my god what else? uh so i guess like i don't eat meat mm-hmm. so pepperoni great my favorite meat that i can't eat that because i love the pigs great i love the piggies the smarties and, um, those are my top two, but God, there's so many, t- which is my favorite pizza. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a place called artichoke in New York Okay, that the slice is as big as your head. And like, I can't really be doing that. Yeah. But what a wonderful feeling of permission when somebody God, gives it to you. Just this is right. just one slice. It's a, it's you a, have to eat yeah. it all. It's an entire heart attack. Oh, great. And they're like, no, it's not. This time it's not. That's okay. Great. And then the, this last one is um, turning back to the more, even more imaginary stuff. Three things that are not real that um, you wish were real in this world. And so that could be like dragons. It could be um, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. It could be eternal life like anything that's just not a reality now but unicorns great i'm sure that's i'm not the first person i've never done this category before i don't think i love it yeah this is a this is off the cuff if i if i'm um i guess i'll say um like i would like let me give you this example i don't have strong feelings about bigfoot one way or the other but like if i could right now control suddenly everyone who was a skeptic was wrong i don't believe he's real yeah thus if i could make him real and everyone was like fuck yeah he really does avoid cameras but like we finally proved it it would be (laughs) i would be so smug at all the scientists that were like it's impossible and i'd be like it is impossible but i made it real um oh i think the heptapod okay great great from arrival i was gonna say aliens as a plug for my show people of earth on tbs um oh the show people of on Ur- people, people of earth, earth on tbs on tbs the, very the funny. funny and charming people of earth on TBS. Yeah, yeah yeah and you can only watch it on tbs or on planes um but it's so it's very available to everyone uh-huh. at the time who's just <laughs> only flying on planes on delta and also has tbs <sighs> and even if you have tbs touch and go uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and then i would say um uh, mermaids great also great god these are great i feel bad for mermaids now that i made them real <laughs> half fish they're like why do i exist they listen it, what they, there may be advantages that we can't even conceive of i really hope you so. don't, I don't think you for do. those mermaids they don't need your tears <laughs> okay uh and so of course since this is mash i just need you to tell me when to stop are you starting now yeah but okay. you know it's just that swirl okay stop okay great all right i'm gonna pause this you're really good about stop i'm gonna do some calculations i'm gonna pee i'm gonna get my calculator you, you pee i'll be back with your 100 gar- nope 100 guaranteed mash future i said it okay pick up that microphone lady because you are about to get your mash future delivered unto you absolutely 100 <laughs> apparently guaranteed. in biblical form <laughs> and now i must give unto you listen this is great first of all all right listen i will say this you didn't get reese's pieces Oh, Jesus. You this did get unlimited snap of your fingers as much as you want forever more amen artichoke pizza. Okay. All right. That's what Not I was bad. expecting. I mean, that's... 
I was curving because it. that's a real variety within just it's like you know what I I'm can saying. Get, you can get any, anything from from there, and it doesn't impact the environment, and it doesn't impact the environment. <laughs> that's the that's the clause because I don't really care free. about getting fat as much as I do about hurting the planet. Understood, and that's something that you can depend on me for. Uh-huh. <laughs> that opinion always that's great. being annoying in that way. That's great. Uh, now, I don't know. Okay, listen. I don't know how this... Uh, maybe it's almost like it's a uh, a virtual mansion because you don't seem like the kind of person to have a mansion because that somehow seems like it has too big a carbon footprint mm-hmm. in many ways. Oh, but it's filled with orphans. Solar. It's Just chock full of orphans. It's, it's full I mean, of orphans. I thought you said it's full of servants. I'm really <laughs> glad that you said it's full of orphans. Look, it's not like they're not lifting a finger. <laughs> I mean, they're helping they're out. What I'm saying. There's a reason they're you heard that, out. Janet. There's a reason you, you heard what my undertone suggested. I take care of them, but you they also a, take care of me. You have a beautiful mansion full of unlimited artichoke pizza on Deep Space Nine. In Deep Space Nine? At Deep Space Nine? At Deep Space Nine. At Deep Space Nine. Interesting. Uh, which is, I think that's pretty fascinating. Okay. So you, sure, I'm sure, assuming sure, they're sure. orphans from all over. Yeah. In all we're a ragtag group. Creeds. We really are. Yeah. We're a ragtag group. Uh, uh, I want to congratulate you on, now Now for the things I'm maybe more excited about. Number one, um, I like to imagine you performing your sensational country western music while seated on a unicorn. <laughs> Oh my god, amazing. I guess you're just prancing through space on a space unicorn is all. Ugh, nearer around in its nearest paddock at Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Uh, I also want a to million right now, nerds are totally jacking off. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I want to add to that. Uh, and now I don't know if you taught Beyonce how to do this, but you no. as a figure skater no it's like i, I see you she, sort of oh. figure skating up onto like a I'm like a try. half pipe and then landing on the unicorn and then prancing out into space while beyonce sings she to you, is the artist her of my life beyonce that's she's it. the artist she's, of my life she's I'm doing adele she's your buddy <laughs> in your life oh my god yeah and the only other person that you're going to have to uh, worry about making happy and being made happy, because I know you're going to spend a lot of time with uh, with Beyonce. And my orphans. Is, and your orphans is uh, your alternate universe husband, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I knew he was going to join us. <laughs> I think, you know, he's lived a lot of lives. I knew he, he was going to enlist in your army of orphan caregivers. He has, you know, yeah. kids of his own, so he gets it. He's there to be a support figure. This is the best guy you could possibly end on. up with with all those orphans. Yeah, that's 100% Realistically, accurate. he makes a really good partner. It's just a partnership. Realistically, you know he probably I mean? makes a pretty good pizza, too. He probably... Not that you need it. <laughs> he probably says... He'd probably say, hey, now, to that. <laughs> that's right. But I don't know yet, because we right. are um, going on our first date uh, uh, in space next I week. can't wait to hear all about it. Oh, I'm my God. I'm just overjoyed by this mass future. It is phenomenal and i thank you because i really believe you know it's just it's cool but it's also not too far from my life today do you know what i mean so it's like i, I know that i can handle so it so many parallels it's kind yeah, of yeah, scary yeah. and i know that i can handle it i know you can handle it, it. first of all figure skating it. is much easier than snowboarding so we both know we're gonna so. do some triple axles in no time i hope so alice thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedule to do the no, podcast thank and for you. chilling out with me thank i'm not even wearing you. a bra today really I w- i've never not oh put on God, a bra for a guest thank you oh okay all right, so it's not just me. No, I mean I've never not put on a bra. For oh my a guest. god, you're but the you first person I literally thought. I don't feel Am like I, I need not to wear just a, a walking safe space. Can I we think just so. say that? Yeah, thank you. I feel great. I feel that way too. Yeah, people can follow you on Twitter. I mean, Unless we've you're talked a guy about that I'm dating, yeah. you are don't a walking do safe space. I will tell you, they're afraid of me, and they should be. Understood. But Vampire Slayer. Everyone else didn't get it. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, you're, you're just Sorry. saying Alice Wetterland. And yeah. I'll tweet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and uh, and people of Earth. And when does that come back? Oh, it comes back next. Well, <sighs> we're going to be finishing up in July, so it should be hitting probably around, around July. The fall. Oh, re- oh, it starts airing right I away. I think they're going to try to push. Yeah, it I guess that's August. true for the shows on yeah, YouTube. August. They start rolling yeah. out fast. Um, that's great, and uh, you're great. Thank you. You're great. And guys, I uh, will talk to you next time on the podcast. Thanks, guys. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.